Okay, we are live here with Pancreation Philosophy Podcast. My name is Pocholo Cruz, your host today, and with me is my guest. My name is Jordan Shimino. All right, well, first off, thanks for joining me, Jordan. My pleasure. So um, pretty much the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that sparked my interest in meeting you was I see that you're currently writing a book mm-hmm. uh, called Augmented. Correct. Could you tell me more about that project? Yeah, um, so performance-enhancing drugs has kind of been a hobby horse of mine um, okay. most of my adult life. Okay. Um, I've never used them illicitly, but just mm-hmm. the, the chemistry, the biology behind them mm-hmm. um, is something that's a subject of fascination. Um, I obtained a master's degree in pharmaceutical bioengineering from okay. um, UW-Med. Okay. Um, just to understand, you know, better understand how these this category of drugs works. Okay. Um, I was introduced to a lot of concepts that are known to biologists, but not necessarily the medical community, and um, by extension, okay. um, you know, individuals who would be using these sorts of drugs to enhance their athletic performance. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to basically write the book that I wish had existed um, okay. before I went to grad school to kind of. Um, help understand not only how these drugs work, but actually um, what a best practice for using them would entail. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess what what first sparked your interest in that field? Like, I guess in the performance enhancing drugs, like before, uh, I guess before researching into it. Um, so I have a background, I'm a, um, I have a background in special operations. Okay. Um, additionally, I'm a former police officer. I've actually been in martial arts for the last 20 years myself. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's wanting that edge. Mm-hmm. It's, it is, it's wanting to be, you know, get better results than you're naturally getting. Mm-hmm. It's wanting to um, perform at that high level. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, steroids, as it were, colloquially, colloquially spoken, mm-hmm. are, they do represent a, a terrific shortcut to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what got me interested in this in the first place. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so just out of curiosity, what um, I guess what athletic ventures have you done before and what martial arts did you do? Oh. Um, so I started martial arts when I was 16. I you know, studied Taekwondo like I think everybody did. Okay. Um, yeah. Very, very common. Um, I took several um, different Ryu of karate when mm-hmm. I was in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, just sort of as elective classes, uh, fun things to do. Um, what happened after that? It's, it's, I've done a lot. Um, okay. So I moved on to the military. Um, we worked with some, basically, uh, jiu-jitsu. Um, okay. I can't say it's Brazilian or Gracie. It was just it was my drill sergeant yelling yeah. at me and throwing yeah. rocks at me, you know. <laughs> and um, yeah. moved on from there um, to, uh, what, what is it next? A, a police academy. Okay. Um, we did some mixed martial arts so yeah. um, Arnis Muay Thai mm-hmm. and in this case Gracie Jiu Jitsu got it for defensive tactics absolutely yeah. DT training um, I've also done some uh, training in Russian martial arts so okay. Sambo as well as um, Sistema okay yeah so I mean pretty um, a pretty detailed background in martial arts yeah now did you um, I guess uh, going into like did you did you compete at all like in martial arts no not uh, really um, okay. I've got, I have real life experience employing them okay you know um, but I've never really gotten into the sporting aspect in Taekwondo you kind of have to okay um, but you know the practical application of that is limited okay um, yeah all right okay so now back to the uh, I guess so back to the, the book project mm-hmm. like so essentially it's a resource that you wish that you know was available to you right I guess like so what was the like so, how did you get started? Like on researching, like where did you? Um, 
I guess like what's the, what's like what's some sources that you had to look into? Um, as far as the sources go, um, it really is. There's there is a huge body of data mm-hmm. on what are called biochemical pathways. Okay, you know, so for example. Um, Let's just say that you're walking down the street and uh, you know see a car accident. Okay. Right, and so that startles you. Okay. And um, that that causes a chemical chain reaction where your body begins um, secreting adrenaline mm-hmm. like through your bloodstream, and mm-hmm. then um, in response to that, different organs will do different things. Okay. So your eyes will open up a little bit more. You'll get more. Uh, you'll get more blood to your brain. Okay. Uh, the blood leaves your digestive tract and it goes out to your arms to make you stronger, so you can go help these individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a biochemical pathway. That particular okay. one is very important in medicine. It's called the beta pathway. A beta pathway. Okay. Um, so if you you know you ever take um, back in the day like ECA. ECA, uh, ephedra, what, I'm not, I'm not sure ephedra caffeine, aspirin, stack. Okay. The ephedra okay. actually mimicked the effects of adrenaline okay. and helped you lose weight. It also made you um, perform better in, in sports. Okay. Like, um, so what exactly about that, um, I guess, about that chemical, like, did that, like, so you said it simulated adrenaline? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's the most interesting thing. So, you know, drugs work by mimicking things that are already in our bodies. Okay. Um, for the most part, they can't make your body do anything that it's not already naturally capable of. Okay. Um, you know, the, the outputs of drugs, so be it, you know, um, you know, be it, um, you know, ephedrine, be it, um, uh, an anabolic steroid, be it a corticosteroid. Okay. Um, it's just a very direct way of telling your cells to do something. Okay. Of telling your cells to express certain genes. Okay. That you already have. Got it. Um, and so that's sort of the approach that I took when I was writing this book. And mm-hmm. it, there's, there's, like I said, there's a vast amount of data available. Okay. Um, and we we know we know what drugs have, what effects, and what that looks like chemically within the body. Okay. And it does. It's it. It is sort of organized into a series of pathways. What I've done is I have um, identified a few key pathways that people may want to work with. Okay. Um, in order to enhance their sports performance, and they're not all steroids. In fact, there's only really one chapter on that. Okay. Um, the rest detail things that you can do to manage your injuries. Okay. To um to burn fat more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, to, uh, there's another growth factor that I've identified that's very easy to work with. It's almost as powerful as the androgen pathway, which is what steroids activate. Okay. Um, so things like that is sort of the approach that I took. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess no, that's that's fascinating. Like for me, I don't really have that large of a knowledge, like in terms of uh, in terms of biochemical pathways, and sure. like that. Sure. But like, I guess to help like listeners or people like understand like that, what is I guess, what is a classic definition of a steroid and what exactly do people like take? Like when some people hear, I know it's a big question. Yeah. Um, so you've got, you've got two sort of, steroid is, is a loaded word. Okay. Because it means something very different to a chemist than it does to a lay person. Okay, how so? So um, steroid is a particular arrangement of hydrocarbon atoms. Okay. Right, so you've got... Um, the way that I describe it to people who don't have a background in chemistry mm-hmm. is hexagon, 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 pentagon. Okay. And in a certain shape, that's a steroid. So um, they don't all give you muscles. Okay. In fact, most don't give you muscles. Most don't, okay. Um, so if you look at you know, testosterone, that's oh. considered, okay, that's the classical steroid. And then synthetic derivatives of testosterone are what people on the street would refer to as steroids. So dianabol, okay. stanazolol. 
um, decadrabaline, um, all of these things, oxandrolone, are things that people would call steroids. Okay. Now, for a chemist, if you're looking at you know steroid chemistry, then we're also talking about estrogen. Okay. We're talking about DHEA. Okay. Pregnenolone, um, pregnanes, um, corticosteroids, um, mineral corticosteroids. They are it's. It's a broad class of chemical structures that your body uses to sort of communicate with itself, to signal itself. Okay. Um, that's why I prefer the term performance-enhancing drugs. Performance-enhancing drugs. It's yeah. more of a cover-all. Well, it, it, term, yeah, right? it's, it's more specific to what we want, which yeah. is a substance that you can use to make yourself you know, bigger, stronger, faster, better. Yeah. Um, and a lot of performance-enhancing drugs, um, for example, um, growth hormone, um, uh, erythropoietin or EPO, they're not steroids at all. They're proteins. The proteins, okay. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, the word performance-enhancing drugs is much more apt, I guess, okay. to sort of describe substances that, you know, make you stronger. Okay. So that's why I kind of eschew the word steroids because I'm a chemist. Okay. And when I'm, when I say steroids, I'm thinking <laughs> yeah. of something very, very different it's, than what oh. most people are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So now, so back to performance enhancing drugs, I guess you mentioned uh, some common ones. Sure. Guess, could you go like more in depth with, uh, I guess, let's start with, I guess, EPO. Okay. I'm, I'm sure that's one that people have heard of. Erythropoietin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that one, that one was made famous by Lance Armstrong. Yes. Um, what EPO does is it stimulates the secretion of red blood cells. Okay. And it raises what's called your hematocrit. Okay. So your hematocrit is the portion of your blood that is, that is comprised of red blood cells. Okay. Generally speaking, I think that the healthy range is 35 to 50, maybe 48%. Okay. Um, should be comprised of red blood cells. Okay. Um, when you take EPO, mm-hmm. initially, you know, you're not going to feel anything. Okay. Like, well, what the hell is that? Okay. But over the course of a month, which is about how long it takes your body to replenish these, these red blood cells, okay. you're going to start to notice that your, your oxygen capacity changes. Okay. You can run further. You don't gas as quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because your blood has been made much thicker and it has it can store more oxygen. You don't need to breathe as much, which is actually um, a very labor-intensive activity. <sighs> Blowing. I mean, I'm sure you've been locked up by somebody and you can't yes. even get your oxygen in. Mm-hmm. Um, higher hematocrit will help with that. Okay. At the same time, if your hematocrit is too high, okay, then your blood becomes, say, the consistency of yogurt. Okay. And your heart. So has it's literally to be, thick. Very literally so. Okay. Yeah. And your heart has to pump harder okay. in order to get the oxygen to, just on a day-to-day basis, okay. get the oxygen where it belongs. And so you've, got a, you've kind of got a balancing act there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people will take EPO, um, and that didn't do anything. I'm going to do it again. Oh, so they keep essentially yeah. making their blood thicker yeah. without understanding what exactly is happening to them? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then when, you're, when your blood reaches a certain thickness, okay. your heart... One is not only is not only unable to move it if your blood efficiently. Mm-hmm. You're very likely to develop clots, like blood clots. Blood clots. Okay. I mean, this can lead to stroke. This can be actually incredibly dangerous. Okay. Um, and so, things like that are the reason why I wrote this book. Okay. I want people to understand what's going on when they when they take these substances. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's harm reduction, um, in in one sense, but it's also. Um, I want, I want to start a discourse on performance-enhancing drugs that's not viewed through a demonizing lens. Yes. Because honestly... Um, I mean, that's just a common way people look at PEDs. Yeah, they, they do. It's, 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 it's they're, they're demonized. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But realistically, they're not 
doing anything that your body can't already is not already capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sort of accelerates the process. It also reduces injuries. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I find this very fascinating because in uh, so in the sport I compete in MMA, mm-hmm. there's been a um, so for the pretty much the largest promotion, the UFC, they've started a. Uh, and essentially like a like an anti-doping like organization yeah from here i'm sure you might be familiar with that and then i mean to no surprise to me i've noticed that there's been a large number of athletes that have been more injured like from there since like since the start of this anti-doping thing or since the start of like people getting regularly checked and stuff and i find that no coincidence yeah because i mean as you know you've trained in martial arts it's very grueling on your body and i I feel like that's the thing people don't understand like it's mainly not it's not even really the strength aspect it's the recovery aspect yes that's that's the most common thing yes that's why or is even um to cycling you know it's like it's not the the performance comes in being able to do it again right not not exactly to train with a high frequency yeah the volume of training absolutely what's important yes okay so i guess what do you um what performance enhancing drugs are essentially used for recovery or what could be what are commonly used for recovery uh there's several there there are several um and so the first thing you have to look at when you're talking about sports injury um there is anytime that you incur an injury in your inner muscle tissue and Mm -hmm. Your muscles and your bones and your ligaments are far more sophisticated than most people assume. Okay. When you incur an injury, um, you get you get sort of five effects. Okay. So you get swelling. Okay. You get uh, redness. Okay. You get heat. You get pain, and you get loss of function. Okay. Right? You get those five effects. Um, so do you remember? I think it was I don't remember the uh, the guy's name. Federer. I think he smoked some CBD oil like right oh, in front of the press corps. Remember believe, that? Oh, I believe it was. I think you're talking about Nate Diaz. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he, yeah. He had a CBD. I believe it was a vape pen. Yeah. And he, and he consumed it. Okay. Yeah. And everyone's yeah. like, what, "What the hell did you just do?" And he's yes. like, "Well, that's CBD." Yeah. Um, so CBD is a potent anti-inflammatory. Okay. Um, the reason why you'd want to use an anti-inflammatory immediately following training okay. is because. That loss of function that I mentioned. So say that you, you injure, say, a minor tendon in your, for sake of argument, let's say your foot. Okay. Right? The thing about the human body and the way that the human body moves is a polyarticulating chain. Okay. Meaning that something downstream, like down on your leg, can affect how your neck moves. I see. So how it's your shoulders chain, move. It's, it's a chain. Yep. Right. Okay. Now, when you incur that loss of function in that minor part of your body, okay. you can still... You can still do everything that you could with minor modifications mm, okay. that you're not aware of. Okay. But that actually creates a dysfunctional movement pattern. Ah, I see. Right. Yep. And that injury actually begins to spread to your knee. And now you've got a hurt foot and a hurt knee. And so your hip compensates. Then your lumbar back and then your shoulders and neck. So essentially the problem radiates from the original location yes. and goes to other places that need to compensate, which didn't which you, people don't quite understand that there's something is exactly wrong. Like right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a gentleman who's, I'm not a kinesiologist, but okay. there's a gentleman who's written extensively on it named Gray Cook. Okay. Um, his information is very accessible and it's definitely, definitely worth reading. Okay. Um, uh, but, what was the name of that resource? Did you say? Uh, Gray, G-R-E-Y, Cook, okay. Cook. Common Spelling. Common yeah. Spelling, okay. Yeah. And then, oh, what was the book? Did Stop you Chasing Pain. Stop Chasing Pain. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's okay. a very good one. Okay. Um, so from my perspective... Mm-hmm. If I can, if I can abate the inflammation and I can restore function to that injured um, part of the body mm-hmm. by using the anti-inflammatory effects of CBD, mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. 
uh, that that particular substance is incredibly safe. There's, okay. I don't think any amount <laughs> that could kill you aside from drowning in it. You know, yeah, essentially yeah. Like, like like get drowned in water. Essentially, right? Any right. amount would have would have taken you. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, I guess. So, I mean, I guess we'll just take a look. So, do you think the biggest? I mean, I, I don't want to like assume, but do you think the biggest thing of why people, I guess, demonize is just like how media presents it, or just like lack of knowledge, mm. or what would you say is like the source for, I guess, this misinformation? So, um, that's a, that's a long story. Yeah. Um, so, originally, you know, there was there was some French scientists mm-hmm. who. Uh, Got some bull testicles, dried them, okay. shook them in oil, filtered the testicle bits out, and okay. then injected himself with it. Okay. And um, he was mocked mercilessly for it okay. at a scientific convention, but he did discover androgens. Ah, okay. And um, that research didn't really start to get underway until about the 1930s, okay. when chemists kind of isolated and, you know, discovered the chemical structure of testosterone. Okay. So immediately as a chemist, I'm looking at the structure and I'm like, how can I make this more potent? Mm-hmm. So I start synthesizing different versions of it and seeing if I, if I can get something that's a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they, they made thousands. They made thousands of different kinds. Okay. And um, they did notice that there was certain you know, structural changes that you could make that would alter its effects on a human being. Okay. Um, they used to sell in the 1950s. It got to where they were selling um, you know, Dianabol in the back of Superman comic books. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. And what exactly is Dianabol? Dianabol is a synthetic steroid. That's a synthetic. Okay. Um, it it, at, it, it <laughs> at once acts as an estrogen and as a um, as an androgen. Okay. Chemically, it's technically an estrogen. Technically, okay. Technically yeah, it's the weirdest estrogen. thing. Okay, but it's still. So then, what effect does that do to the body? I guess because I'm still not quite understanding. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the estrogen makes you bloat up like okay. a pregnant lady. Okay. And this actually cushions your joints. Okay. And it, it um, allows you to lift more weights because your your ligaments can't sense how much pressure they're under. I see. So it's yeah. avail- it's available to then lift in this essentially more weight because of the cushioning around it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Your body can't tell how much weight you're pulling, and so it lets you pull more. Okay. Um, so, um, with with steroids or you know androgens being sold that readily children mm-hmm. um they started noticing a few things so okay. um you know it, w- it would stunt growth it would result in acne in premature uh precocious puberty okay um there was a lot of incidents of um you know psychiatric side effects because they were being used in an unregulated and uninformed manner mm-hmm. um in the 70s bodybuilding kind of took off arnold schwarzenegger all that mm-hmm. um and you saw massive use in gyms and these guys were Using doses of androgens that, I mean, it would last a reasonable person two months, and they'd do it in a week. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And with predictable outcomes. I mean, just, uh, you know, gynecomastia, development of breast tissue, um, testicular shrinkage, um, a lot of cases of liver cancer because of the orally bioavailable steroids um, are very, very liver toxic. Okay. So what wound up happening is that in the 1980s, Congress decided to place that category of drugs in what's called Schedule Three. Okay. DEA Schedule 3, um, restricting their use significantly. Mm-hmm. And now the DEA is monitoring their manufacturing, um, their distribution, um, their prescriptions, all that. Okay. Um, and in order to enforce the law and something that our society does with a great deal of substances, okay. um, they start putting in the demonizing lens. They go, don't do this. It's, it's going to... It's gonna Church is going to give you jaundice. You're going to 
shoot somebody for cutting you off in traffic and you'll grow breasts. Mm-hmm. And with, uh, with abuse, with unregulated abuse, that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um, I could say the same thing about hammers. Hammers are dangerous. Yes. Yes. You know, if, if you're hammering it and you hit your thumb, your thumb's going to bleed. You're going to bleed all over the place and it's going to hurt. Exactly. So, um, so essentially the tool got looked at a negative light, not yeah. how they were using it from there. Precisely. Okay. Precisely. Um, and so that's, that's how it kind of came to be viewed through this, this demonizing lens. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, really is based off of um, government propaganda and bro science. Yes. And, you know, they're, they're, the, they're very popular bro science. I love yes. bro science. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, we, we need to, we need to yeah. revisit this and yeah. we need to look at this through a rational lens. <laughs> and, you know, if we do, we're going to find that steroids, um, performance enhancing drugs in general, are fantastic mm-hmm. for upgrading your quality of life. Yes. Um, I was recently, um, I recently went to a clinic here in Kirkland, Revival OT clinic. Okay. Um, I wanted them to start giving me testosterone therapy, uh, just so that I could do some me search for my book, kind of walk the, walk the talk, so to speak. Okay. Um, I prepared a litany of arguments with the doctor on why you should give me testosterone anyway, even though I'm, you know, very, very healthy. (laughs) Came back low. Oh, like my testosterone is actually low. low. Okay. So I've been getting um, 100 milligram uh, shots every week, and that's a very low dose okay. of testosterone cypionate. Okay. And you know, it goes into the muscle, um, it seeps out throughout the week, and then once it starts to taper off, after a week I get another shot. Okay. Um, and I, I, can't, I can't tell you like, how much even that low dose has made me stronger, mm-hmm. has um, improved my work, my, my, my ability to just perform work without getting tired. Mm-hmm. I have more energy for my family. It's, it's quite incredible. Mm-hmm. So society is starting to come around on this stuff. And I just kind of want to <laughs> give that a little nudge, so to speak, yes. with the book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just making it more known exactly like what, uh, I guess, what exactly performance enhancing drugs do and that it can be, I think the biggest thing is that people look at it like any any drug can be abused and that's essentially what was happening like, yes over there. yes so like, in essence like like what, what you said like with the with your dosage of i guess t- of trt it's mm. it's helping your it's helping oh absolutely like, it's helping your life improve like, absolutely and yeah it has the capacity to do that for a lot of other people who would might not look into that i would almost say like, most people most people yeah okay. yeah okay and is there i guess so what's um, just question about testosterone levels. Mm-hmm. So, like, what does like why does the body? I mean, I guess naturally, as the body gets older, does it just produce less testosterone, or are there other reasons for that? There, there can be a litany of reasons. Okay. Um, so that's always a complex <laughs> answer. Another, yeah. Like you, you asked me something, there's like this explosion inside of my head. I don't even yeah. know where to start. Okay. okay. Um, so the way that your body regulates your hormones is, is a feedback loop. Okay. It's the most interesting thing. So there's a signal that goes from one part of your brain to another part of your brain. Um, I think it's the hypothalamus, the pituitary, yeah. And then um, the pituitary um, secretes a, a protein hormone called um, gonadotropin-releasing hormone. Okay. Which then travels through your body and all of your cells ignore it. Okay. They don't give a shit. Except for your balls. Okay. Your balls see this. And they're like, oh, it's time. And then they start producing testosterone. Yeah. Um, the testosterone releases into your bloodstream. This process starts for most males about 2 a.m. to about 5 a.m. And as the testosterone courses through your system, it encounters um, an enzyme called aromatase. Aromatase is responsible for converting testosterone, get this, into estrogen. 
Okay. You need your estrogen, and it's about 0.03% of your testosterone gets turned into estrogen. Okay. And that, that little, that little that hypothalamus is not looking at your blood right now. And it's looking not for a testosterone spike, it's looking for an estrogen spike. Okay. And when it sees that estrogen spike, then it stops telling the pituitary to stimulate the release of uh, testosterone via uh, gonadotropin releasing hormone. Okay. And so it shuts down and you wake up at 5 a.m. and you got your morning wood. Um, and that's the highest your testosterone levels are going to be for that day. Um, and so you can sort of see in a chain like that, there's a lot that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, if you are being exposed to chemicals um, that your, your, your hypothalamus sees as being estrogen, and there's, there's more than a few, okay. um, it will prematurely shut down uh, testosterone. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, there, there is an effect as you age where the testosterone goes down naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, there's other things, certain, certain cancers, things that are kind of a little bit out there that could cause it. But there's a, multiple, multiple causes uh, of what's called hypogonadism okay. or low testosterone. Okay. Got it. So pretty much it's, it's a complicated answer like from that way. It is. Yeah, it is. Back. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess so from there... The, so how is the dosage, is the dosage like what you said 100 milligrams like how mm. is that I guess how is that regulated like well, like from there like what what was decided like I guess great question yeah um, and so there there's there's a philosophy in pharmacology that you apply the minimum dose of any substance needed to um, to cure the patient okay um, there's a there's a very old saying um, all is poison and nothing is without poison okay. it is only the dose that separates a toxin from a remedy And so with that in mind, you start at the lowest dose possible and then you start, if it doesn't work or you want it to work better, you start titrating it up over time. Um, And so that's where that that, um, that 100 milligrams comes in. Um, A normal human being, and I've I've read different um, standards on this, but about 220 to, um, depending on who you speak to, 900 or 1100 nanograms per deciliter okay. of, um, of testosterone is what's considered to be normal. Okay. Uh, that's based off of maybe four or five studies of uh, healthy individuals with a BMI lower than 30. Okay. Um, the problem is, is, I mean, look, look at that, if you will. Like, say 200 to 1100 mm-hmm. that's an order of magnitude easily yeah you could drive a truck through that yeah that's that's a large i guess like spectrum like, yeah yeah, yeah. That's but that's range. what that's what yeah. medicine considers to be normal okay um and so you need to be outside actually below that for okay. um medically responsible use of testosterone okay but i mean like let me ask you this like what do you think You've got a guy who's at running 250 nanograms per deciliter of testosterone okay. naturally, and you've got another guy who's doing 800 naturally. Na- yeah, naturally. What's I, the difference between these two guys? I, I'm just gonna just numbers wise. I'm just gonna assume that the guy who's doing 800 is performing better. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah he recovers better. He has healthier libido. Um, he has a more positive mental outlook. So uh, testosterone. Um, it's a very powerful psychoactive drug. It's a very oh, powerful really? antidepressant. Okay, I, I did not know that. Nobody knows this. Okay. Yeah. Um, there, there are so many um, mood disorders that, are, uh, that have their origin in our endocrine system, specifically our sex hormones. Okay. And you know, doctors will treat that with Prozac. When the and what exactly is Prozac? I so Prozac, yeah. Prozac works on the brain directly. Okay. Um, when you're, you've heard of serotonin, right? Yes. So did you know that when your brain releases serotonin, mm-hmm. and this is like the shittiest thing that your brain does? Okay. There's something that, um, like, 
one one nerve releases it. Okay. And then that same nerve, seconds later, takes it back. Oh wow! So just like gives it and then just retakes and then it and pulls it right back. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's like a brief, like so it's yeah, like a brief yeah. Rush of serotonin and it's gone. Exactly. There. Okay. So um, what what Prozac does is it's fake serotonin. Oh, okay. It gets in your brain. Yeah. The um, the the presynaptic nerve releases it mm-hmm. into that little hole we call the synaptic cleft between the two nerves. Mm-hmm. Goes down there, sticks, and then those little proteins come to like scoop it back up, and they grab Prozac instead. Ah, I see. So it's yeah. So almost like a bait and switch kind of thing. Yeah, and exactly. Then, like, serotonin yeah. stays in. I see, and that's and that's what you mean when you talk about biochemical pathway. That's, yes, that's, yes. It's not like once again, it's not like the serotonin is coming from nowhere. Right, it's coming from your body. Mm-hmm. It's just the drug is essentially, I guess, getting taken away instead of the serotonin, like from there, which keeps yeah. you feeling. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fascinating. Isn't I did it? not know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's interesting, like because that's the thing. Most people when they think about when they think testosterone, they don't think about mood or they don't think about, I guess, mental clarity, like from there. No, yeah. no, they don't. And in, in, in fact, they actually think of it as being a destabilizing agent. Like it's something oh, wow. that's going to make you angry, roid rage, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, just try telling someone you're taking, oh, I'm taking, taking testosterone or yeah. you're going to go on roid rage, your balls are going to shrink. <laughs> yeah. Right away. They know that. Okay. They don't know um, about the health benefits of it. Okay. They don't know about the psychological benefits of it. I guess so. Where did that misnomer of roid raging? Where did that come from? Like, why exactly? I mean, could you? I, so I, I absolutely, like, man. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's a real thing. Okay. I mean, if you if you take way too much testosterone, okay, right? You know, your your receptors, the the, the your cells can only hold so much and mm-hmm. respond to so much. Mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier that testosterone gets converted into estrogen. Okay. What do you think happens to the unused testosterone if you go dosing too high? Then the uh, because, like, from what I understand, your your body regulates your testosterone and estrogen. So mm-hmm. does it raise the estrogen? Because oh, of all, God, yeah. By a large, which is why people then think of, you know, the man boobs. And yes. People getting more, I guess, feminine qualities because of the excess of testosterone in their system. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah okay. that and um, estrogen does cause mood stabilization. Okay. And um, that's where the roid rage comes from. Okay. And these... Um, these these men who are taking uh, these high doses of androgens are essentially experiencing premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Okay. Yeah. What what, what exactly? PMDD. Oh, okay. So it's a it's a um, some women in their menstrual cycles um, have their hormones uh, spike too heavily. Okay. And they experience uh, severe anxiety, depression, rage episodes. Okay. So that's that's what's happening. And that's what happens to these men because of them. Abusing the steroids. Right. Okay. And so, you know, you see a bodybuilder in the Burger King parking lot, you know, yeah. punching the roof of his car because they gave him a, a medium instead of a large fry. Yeah. And that's just going to stick in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that That is sort of a, an anecdote that is widespread throughout society. What you're mm-hmm. not going to see is, you know, the nice gentleman who held the door open for you and is carrying his kid and mm-hmm. he's in a great mood. Mm-hmm. You'll never assume that he's taking, you know, supplemental testosterone, but he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's unremarkable. Okay. Versus the guy in the, <laughs> yeah, with the huge muscles, yeah. you know, and the acne and all yeah. that. Yeah. Because that's, that's that's a common image. Like, you know, exactly. you, don't, you don't have to, like, you know, it, it's it's regular for me to think about that. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's, okay, that, that's interesting. Okay. So we've covered, I guess, so we covered uh, EPO, anti-inflammatory. Uh, what else? Uh, I guess, what is, okay, so I'm just curious, what, um, so what is growth hormone or HGH? What is what, what is that? You know, I'm honestly yeah. not very knowledgeable not very about knowledgeable. it. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I I had some friends who used it. Who, okay. 
swear by it. Um, it's most prevalent in children. Okay. And it encourages all tissues to grow. Okay. Um, including your, your intestines. Oh, and so you like, see these bodybuilders and they got these big beer that's guts. That's how they get the bloat. The, yeah, the, the beer yeah. gut with a six pack. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. You know, um, and that's that's the, the output of too much growth hormone. Okay. And uh, as, as far as I know, it just encourages every single um, cell in your body to start, you know, dividing. Okay. And it's a little bit too reckless, too non-specific for most people's purposes. Okay. Yeah. Just, just to do in a safe manner, essentially. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Okay. So, what's an other, another um, another uh, performance-enhancing drug that you research in your book, or that you've been researching? It, the, the real one. Um, it's, yeah. it's kind of a big deal, actually, okay. and nobody knows. This <laughs> people like miss the most stupid things. Mm-hmm. Um, You've heard of BCAAs? Yes. Okay, so yes. leucine, Brands isoleucine. chain amino acids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, I still don't really understand what that means, but yes, I've heard of it. Okay, okay. So, so could you just explain Yeah, that? I'd be happy I'm, because, like, I'd like, because, you know, bro science says, oh, this stuff is good for you. I'm like, I don't really know. You know, I was, I was yeah. super skeptical at first. Yeah. I, have a, I have a friend who's uh, about to get his pro card for um, the master's level of bodybuilding. And okay. like, a few years ago, okay. he said, to bro, you got to try BCAAs. <laughs> they're great. I'm like, yeah. fuck, they're not. No. Okay. No, it's just stupid amino acids and you're stupid. Okay. And I researched it okay. uh, because I am a biochemist mm-hmm. and it turns out that <laughs> leucine actually does have a drug-like effect in every cell in your body. Really? Okay. Yeah. And so what, what happened was, <laughs> long ass story again, man. <laughs> um, it has, this is very fascinating. Well, yeah, it had to do with this antifungal. Okay. Um, you know, it, it discovered like, on this remote island okay. and it worked like it killed yeast by... Stopping them from growing. Okay. Like, Whoa, that's awesome. Hey, let's put it in a person. Okay. So they, they synthesized this stuff. It's called rampamycin. This this antifungal. Okay. And they injected it into some people, and the fungal infections went away. Wow. And okay. so did all the people's muscles. Oh, wow. So it so like there's a fungal effect to people's muscles, and it took it away. Okay. Well, not yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah sort of. Okay. So it's, it's it's what's called a conserved gene. Okay. So this, it turns out that what was being blocked in the yeast okay. is a nutrient sensor. Okay. And it relies on leucine to tell how much nutrition is in the environment. Okay. And that gene um, from when life began has been the same from yeast to fish to bugs to birds to people. I see. So it's a common factor yeah. amongst, amongst those yeah. different species. Okay. Exactly. And so... Um, you know, years later, what wound up, what, yeah, what wound yeah. up happening yeah. is um, there was this, this uh, scientist, he was a doctor, and okay. he was treating burn victims. Okay. And he conducted a number of studies using different combinations of amino acids um, with different chemical features. And one of the chemical features was branch chains. Okay. And so, so he... when it's branch chain, what does that mean? Okay. Because okay. so, <laughs> it just sounds like a, like a buzzword, like to me, like... It's like, it actually is yeah. it's legit. It's okay. legit. Okay. It's, it's a category um, of so you have an amino acid and you've got the ba- the backbone of an amino acid, which is a nitrogen atom that's saturated with with um, hydrogen, connected to a carbon atom, and then to another carbon atom with um, what's called a carboxylic acid on okay. the other end. So it's at once a base and an acid at the same time. Nice. And then the center the center um, carbon atom, whatever comes off of it defines what the amino acid is, okay. right? And so leucine, isoleucine, and valine just have branch chains of carbon and hydrogen off of them. That's okay. all. Okay. You know, and it's, it's, uh, their, their shape is similar. Um, their weight is similar. They respond similarly in solvents. Um, but what this doctor who was doing this experiment on burn victim noticed was that 
if he gave branch chain amino acids um, an even ratio, so one third leucine, one third isoleucine, one third valine, mm-hmm. to these burn patients, they'd recover measurably quicker. Like their burns literally heal faster? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. You know, yeah. And so that's like, oh, wow, that's compelling data. Okay. Um, that, that 70s chemistry, though, like they weren't really looking at what we call structure activity relationship. Okay. Um, he was just looking at what we call the moi- moieties, it's hard word to say. Okay. Uh, the moieties of the, of the amino acids. And he figured that that was what was responsible when it really was. Um, a drug-like effect, like there was, a, there was a receptor in your cells, and it looks for leucine, and when it sees it, it's like, hey, we're getting enough calories. Let's divide. Let's let's heal this person. Mm-hmm. And um, so, if you take it as a as a bodybuilder, you get BCAAs, right? That sort of enter the the bro science lore. Okay. Um, the BCAAs will build your muscles, and damn right they will. Okay. The problem is, is that isoleucine and valine do nothing, nothing. It's all the leucine. And nothing else. Oh, so it's, okay. So it's uh, so if I'm understanding correctly, it's so it's two different things. Or so there's branched amino acids is technically three acids. Yes, yes. It's three acids. Okay, and then the leucine is essentially what causes. Yeah, it has the effect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I guess how so how was that discovered? Like, well, as um, you know, as science progressed, we we developed tools that we were able to uh, take a better look at. Um, at how the body functions in a chemical manner, and it was just sort of discovered, yeah, um, leucine activates uh, this pathway, mTOR, the mammalian target of rampamycin. Okay. Kind of harkening back to the antifungal. Okay. And um, so, when you're trying to say cut weight, right? Yes. Have you noticed that it's like, it's like a moving, it's a target that moves faster the closer you get to it. Yeah. You know, it, it takes much more effort to lose that last five pounds. Yeah, than the first five pounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's because you're not getting enough nutrition and mTOR is being shut down by a lack of leucine. Okay. So you can actually calorie deprive yourself. But if you're taking in the neighborhood of three to five grams of leucine a day, that effect will not occur. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Because, so I had heard something similar to this, like, uh, like a friend of mine, he is a... He's an avid powerlifter, and he was mentioning how he took BCAAs when he's mm-hmm. trying to cut down to a weight class. Yeah, like from there, because it helped. He said, "I can't remember exactly what he said, but something about keeping the muscle." Yeah, the, the lore is that it's anti-catabolic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not quite that. Yeah. I hate that word. I hate okay. anabolic and catabolic because it really is just describing making bigger molecules out of smaller molecules. So you take okay. Think think of think of amino acids as Legos. Okay. And, um, you know, putting, building a, a Lego spaceship is anabolic. You're taking smaller parts and assembling them to something to larger. Bigger, to bigger part. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, your dad steps in it and kicks it across the room and it shatters. <laughs> yeah. That's catabolic. Okay. It's They're taking apart. apart. Okay. Yeah. That's all that really means. Okay. Um, and it's, it's, it's meant to um, sort of convey um, a sort of a building up or breaking down um, of of muscle tissue, but realistically, I mean, getting fat is anabolic as well. Okay. Losing meat is catabolic. Because you're, you're making more, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's 70 science that's stuck with us for the last, you know, 40, 50 years. Got it. We so need it's, to shed it's it. like, it's antiquated language, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess, so what is the, um, I get, I kind of, I think I kind of, kind of lost here, but so, on the, yeah, on the, <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. It's, it's, no, it's okay. It's a, it's a lot. Yeah, it is, it is, it is. But I guess, so what? So what are the benefits if someone were to take BCAAs? Like, what is the body's response to it? 
Sure. So um, it depends on you know what you want to do, obviously. Yeah. Um, so you take a BCAA, um, and it's going to raise the levels of leucine in your blood, and your cells are going to notice. Okay. Um, when and they they've got a they've got a little little like a machine that like looks for it, some like a sensor kind of thing, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's actually got a it's got a cluster of three. Okay. Um, and so what it's looking for is it's looking for insulin. Okay. It's looking for leucine. And it's looking for oxidative stress, which is exercise okay, at a biochemical level, right? Okay. When it has all three of those, it sends this little other like doodad into your DNA. Yeah, I, I just, yeah. no, no, but I don't no, know. The, the, this is good. Language. This is making sense to yeah, me. Like, yeah, yeah, doodad. Okay. And so, yeah. um, and then there's it. It literally, like, literally okay. unlocks genes that weren't being expressed before. Isn't that crazy? That, your body that, does that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. insane. Like, I didn't actually know that that's what yeah. is occurring. And okay. so it encourages cells to proliferate or divide. Okay. And it also allows your body to, um, I guess, start expressing DNA that's like, like metabolically expensive. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, it takes you out of starvation mode. Is wow. What it, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is useful. This is extremely useful. And that's the thing. I've never heard it. Like, it's... I've heard of branched-chain amino acids, but it's never been explained to me in this way. Well, yeah. Well, it's it's because this information really hasn't trickled down into, um, like, the supplement uh, sphere. Yeah. Um, And so... But, yeah, it's really important. Uh, People people use BCAAs as muscle builders. um, And they're useful for that. They're also, also, for the reasons that I described, useful for retaining your mass as you're shedding weight. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a very. I, I've got a whole huge chapter in my book. Okay. Because uh, it's it really is that important. But I mean, just the, the yeah. skinny on it. If you want to activate your mTOR system, um, five grams a day in divided doses. Mm-hmm. Um, so one as soon as you get up. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you eat a meal, you don't need to take it because you're getting loose in there anyway. Okay. One immediately before your workout. One immediately after. One before bed, and then throw in something there, and you got your five grams. Okay. And you're good to go. And just do that no matter what. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's no. That's that. I mean, that, that's that's great stuff. Like, yep. You know, it's a thing because I've never, because it's been. That's I think that's the thing with a lot of supplements. Like mm-hmm. I, I just hear about it and I feel I'm always talking to like a business or like someone who's trying to sell me something. I'm like, sure. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Like, why why is it working? Like, what what exactly? And that's that's and that's the thing that needs to happen is there needs to be, um, I guess, better education, better underlying science mm-hmm. in um, in the supplement industry. It, mm-hmm. it, it's a lot of it's based off the 1970s kind of way of looking at things. Yeah. There's so much more out there <laughs> that medical science has that yeah. they're not accessing, and they okay. should. Oh wow! So yeah, they're just not making that connection, like from there. Yeah. Okay, that's that's fascinating. Okay, so I guess what is okay? So we talked about anti-inflammatories, branched chain mm-hmm. amino acids, EPO. Is there anything else? That, yeah, there's a ton of stuff. In there. I know it's a ton, a ton of stuff. stuff. I know this is. I mean, I'm I'm already lost. So I don't know how. I'm yeah, yeah. Like to this, but I guess. Um, I guess, so if you had to explain, uh, okay, so let's just say you're explaining this to, like, to a child, like, right? Like, how would you, okay. so, because I feel that's a thing. You have to, I know, I've, it's like the old adage, like, if you can't explain to a seven-year-old. You don't you know really what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how would, I guess, I mean, I know this is a big thing to, like, Chuck, but if you were to explain your book to a seven-year-old, mm. what would, like, how would you explain it? How would I explain it? it? Yeah. Um, so... When you want to make your body stronger, okay. um, you go to the gym, right? And yeah. you do you do curls for your biceps, <laughs> right? You do you do bench press for your pecs, mm-hmm. you do pull downs for your lats, you do squats for your legs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you know you know what your muscle systems are, and you know how to activate them to make them stronger. Okay. 
Um, my book is about the biochemical systems that make you stronger and how to activate those okay. and how to use those. Um, and it identifies a few, not all of them, because there's hundreds of thousands. <laughs> yes. But the important ones it hits, and it tells you how to manipulate these, just like doing curls, just like doing a bench press. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it's, yeah. bre it's breaking down exactly what's happening to you, to you at a biochemical level. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And how to, how to yeah. Okay, and I, yeah, and I think I think that's that's great stuff. Okay, so um, how so how's the book coming along? Are you are you gonna are you publishing it or how's how's that? <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's hard. Um, yeah. 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 So I'm I'm essentially finished with it. I'm still combing over it. Um, okay. I want to make it as understandable as possible because yes. this is a very jingoistic science, <laughs> um, and I, I don't want to kind of lock people out linguistically. There's a tradition of that in chemistry mm -hmm. that goes back to when um, chemistry was done by the Arabs and this guy, um, Jabir bin Hayyan, who basically founded chemistry, he said he would write very cryptically everything that he said and yeah. purposes to confuse and lead into error all those who God loves and provides for. Got it. Making it exclusive, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. so it's like a cult. Yeah. You know, and it's, a, it's a language unto itself. And I want to remove all of that and just make okay. it accessible for everybody. Yeah. So I'm going over it right now. Um, I'm probably going to self-publish it on Amazon. Okay. Um, for starters, because I've approached a few publishers and they just kind of poop their pants and run away. <laughs> yeah. They don't understand what I'm doing and okay. that's my fault. So I guess, so <laughs> when they say, like, what, so what do they think you're doing, essentially? Like, why? Well, they, like, they, they think yeah. I'm running a, hey, bro. <laughs> like a black market thing? You want to yeah. get jet? Yeah. <laughs> okay, take this shit and put it in your ass. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's really not yeah. it. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm using, I'm That's kind of the stigma that. Oh, God, yeah. 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 It's like, you know, CD back alley kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. And it's, yeah. it's not even that. Like, yeah. um, you know, my, my book very, very clearly goes into, like, one, get your shit from a doctor. Okay. Because that's the only way they're going to know <laughs> Makes, it's real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, monitor yourself to get regular blood draws. Make certain that you're not in a danger zone. Mm -hmm. Like, my doctor can't raise my testosterone dose right now because my hematocrit's too high. Okay. And that's fine by me. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to damage myself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that really, but yeah, um, it's a very responsible and it's frankly very advanced biology that I'm employing here. Okay. But people don't see that. They just <laughs> see steroids and they, Bleh! Yeah. Once again, to the misinformation, demonization yeah. of the thing. Yeah, exactly. They, they stop as soon as you as soon as you say it's about performing dancing drugs, and they 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 classify you as a as a kind of jackass. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, which is which is unfortunate, and so I'm going to market it myself, and I'm going to um, probably self-publish on Amazon. Okay. I, uh, Recently started working um, for a supplement company owned by a military colleague of mine as a oh, formulations wow. chemist. Okay. And so we may um, wind up distributing my book through his um, okay. through his company, which I'd be fine with. Got it. And yeah. do you want to like say what his company name is just so people can... Oh, it's crazymuscle.com. Crazymuscle.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then from, um, I guess, like, do you, like, if people want to find out more about your work, is there any way that they can reach you as well? Or, you know, yeah. I've got, I've got a website yeah. URL that I haven't populated yet. I've okay. really just been focused on writing this on, book. On getting, getting the book out. Yeah, and it's, yeah. And it's done for the okay. most part. I can, I can give you a PDF copy when we're oh. done here if you'd oh, like. Oh yeah, I'm very, I'm very yeah. interested in that. Yeah. yeah. And I can, um, yeah, that's, yeah, this, this has been very informative. Yeah, cool, so, yeah, cool, th yeah, cool. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for your time. And I guess uh, anything else you want to tell the audience before before we sign off? Um, no, I think that's about all I got. All right. Yeah. Sounds good, guys. Okay, that's been. Uh, say, can you say your name again? Yeah. My name is Jordan Chimino. Okay. Yep, yep. All right. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, thank you so much, man. Yeah. Pleasure. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>